It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had as much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. What a week we have for you, everybody. It's the RBC Heritage down there in Hilton Head. And if you go all the way out to the left, left coast, you've got the Latte Championship for the LPGA. Kamayu Johnson's here because he's winning again on the APGA Tour. And we have a special guest for the PGA Professional Championship. From green jackets to tartan ones, we've got you covered in more ways than one. It's time to roll because you can't stop the pro show. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop top, it says I'm going to win big. Choose not to like of imitation. Distant cuts into the reservation. And you know what there, Mr. Wade Weezer? Yes, sir. Every once in a while, this happens when I'm either walking through the mall or I'm doing something with the kids and the radio's on or there's music in the background or you're in a store somewhere. But this song comes on. Yes. Right? You ever have that moment? I have. Absolutely. Oh, man. It cracks me up. I had that again this week. And you freak. You're like, I I, I should be doing something right now. Yeah, I instantly jump right into good afternoon. (laughs) Middle of the mall. Yes, exactly. Well, you know. Good afternoon, sir. I've done stranger things in the last week. That's for sure. In the last week. Yeah. Well, I mean, did, I was just having so much fun on TikTok. So here's the thing. Um, I, I held off on TikTok. This is, of course, this is our first tangent of the day. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the pro show. Uh, so speaking I, of not golf. Yeah, I, I, I held off on TikTok for so long. Right. Not not using it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And now. I'm addicted to it in a sense that I love making these videos. So I understand where my 12-year-old daughter's coming from. I'm right. ha- we had so much fun last week with the Masters. Everything from the Beastie Boys to um, Pearl Jam that you, know, that you helped me with here in the studio. We did a little uh, Independence Day, Wolf of Wall Street. We're having so much. I don't watch people's videos, right? I'm not interested in them. I'm just, no. I love putting my own out there and then seeing people's reactions. We're having, I mean, read the line, so much fun. And, sure. and you know what? It. I guess in many ways we had to entertain ourselves because I think back to the Masters from last week and it kind of lost me on Sunday afternoon. And I know I talked to a lot of people in golf circles and we were all kind of like kind of bummed out that Mm -hmm. the second nine on Sunday is supposed to be this big, like dramatic, you know, climax to the week. It wasn't very. uh, It wasn't very. Yeah, it was not competitive. And it kind of reminds me of the fact it's been a couple of years since i don't know if it's covid thing or whatever you know maybe they need to check into that down at augusta national golf club test for this or whatever but if you go back to dj in 2020 he wins by five that november masters and then hideki last year i know he won by one over zalatoris wow but he like it it wasn't really close in the end right Mm -hmm. it ended up being close but it wasn't really close and then you know scotty kind of fumbled his way around the last green to win by three but everybody thought he was going to win i mean rory did his best 64 on sunday super cool round there and a lot of drama but you got to go back to the 2019 masters to really get one that was like off the charts of course that one was like uber off the charts with tiger winning but um you know, hopefully we get it back. I mean, last year, PGA was great with Phil. Um, who? Um, and uh, yeah, but so I'm really looking forward to Southern Hills in a couple of weeks. We'll be out there having some fun with that. And you know who else we're going to have some fun with this afternoon? We have not only one guest, but two. And speaking of Southern Hills, right, this weekend starts the 
PGA Professional Championship. Now, that's the national championship for PGA men and women across the country. And the top 20 that you always hear about um, that finish in this event, this four round 70 toll marathon starts Sunday. And they're out in Austin, Texas, at a place called the Omni Barton Creek Resort. Um, They have four golf courses there. They're only going to use two of them. But we're going to talk to one of the players that's in that field with an amazing story of how he got there. His name is Michael Strain. And Michael is the general manager, COO, at a place called Dunwoody Country Club down in Atlanta. And I can't wait to meet and talk to this guy because his story is pretty unbelievable how he got to the professional national championship. And God willing... Anybody that's there of the 312 has a very good chance to get to that top 20. They got to get the pu- the putter hot like anybody else on LPGA, PGA Tour. They get it done. They're going to be there. And then speaking of somebody who gets it done, our man, Kamayu Johnson, mm-hmm. right? He came on last year during the Masters, yep, yep, yep. plays on the APGA Tour, one of their stars. Well, he, last year he came on the show. Next week he went out to Vegas and he won the tournament. Yeah. yeah well, right. this year, I don't I don't know. You're the producer. I don't know. You're supposed to be scheduling these things properly. But he went to Vegas and he won again. So we got to have him back on the show to talk about his win and and all that's going on. You know, so we have these two amazing tournament players. And speaking of two amazing tournament players, there was a little bit of news that came out yesterday. Uh, According to the USGA, Tiger and Phil have applied to play in the U.S. Open. Okay, which is interesting, which which is a, a total formality. But. We haven't heard from Phil and Tiger only said that he was going to play in the open championship. And, you know, so that's it's kind of news yeah, that he's saying, sure. hey, I'm leaving it open that I would play in the U.S. Open at, up at the country club in Brookline. Leaving so it open. Wink, wink. Yeah, he's leaving it. He's leaving it open. He's already left the, you know, Southern Hills open in the PGA championship. So, um, you know, we're not going to see Tiger a lot. But when we do, you know, it was great. People, they haven't seen Tiger play a tournament in 509 days, right? It's been 400 days since his car accident. We right. haven't, we didn't hear from him from February last year until what? Like it seemed like November, Pretty right? Much. You know, like, so we didn't hear from him for like, I don't know, nine months. And everyone was like, Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. And then he shows up at the Masters and they're like, man, all they ever do is talk about Tiger. <laughs> Well, golf media, man. I don't know. It's kind of a story. I'm I'm as guilty as anybody, but I'm telling you, I, I, uh, everyone, it was a huge freaking story. You can't criticize that. My God, it was unbelievable. (laughs) And I have a, I have another great comeback story to talk about in the update, uh, from a local kid here in New Jersey, which is may even be more unbelievable than tiger coming back from his car accident. Yeah. You know, great. And it's, you know, I thought last year was a year of redemption, but this is more in a way of people's health and their well-being yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Last year was just, re, you know, redemption in their in their golf game. You know, These Jordan Spieth. personal Spieth. things. Just to see Tiger come off all smiles. I mean, my God. Finishing, you know, how, what was he, 47th? Uh, yes. He, yeah, how, how often do you see number 47 all smiles coming off the, off the course? Uh, how, how often do you see Tiger really kind of open up? <laughs> yeah. And, sure. and say like, hey, you know, and, and everybody was trying to get him to say, like, do you consider just being here a victory this week? And he was like, well, you know, earlier in the week, he's like, you know, I think I can I can contend. I think right. I can get this done. Yeah, well, you, know? To, you know, you know, you know say no, play the part, <laughs> you know. So but by the end of the week, you know, they had him broken down to the point where he's like, hey, you know. I'm here. I've been through a lot. This is this is pretty good for me to be here. And I, I love this place. And, and uh, you know, when it comes to just golf, let's keep it to just golf for a minute here, folks. You know what I mean? You got to right, you got to right, right, exactly. You got to respect the effort that the guy went through to go back. You know, uh, people in circles that I know still from my Alworth days that still know Tiger and his camp and everything. You know, they said, man, that leg was not pretty. And the fact that he did what he did was like 
pretty amazing. So yeah, I can separate the two, by the way. I have heard criticisms about Tiger. Someone came out and said they're not rooting for him this past week. You probably saw that too, yeah. because of what in his personal life. But you can separate the two. It's possible. Uh, totally. Totally. I mean, um, if you don't, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to find something wrong with everyone that's out there. And eventually <laughs> you're not going to be able to consume any media because you're going to have a problem with it. And in this day and age, I mean, at least for the last five years or so, with so much content that exists and so many cameras that are in the world. I mean, what do they say on cell phones? They take like a billion pictures a day throughout the world. Right. right. You know, so, I mean, everything there, there's just more transparency. And I, and I think in a, in a lot of ways it's engaged us more with these athletes than ever before. Absolutely. You know, because um, the younger men and women have been brought up on these cameras and TikTok and and Instagram and all of this stuff. And they're sharing more. And you look at the, you know, the Simone Biles story and stuff like that. It's like, hey, enough's enough. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, you know, I just think um, it's like fourth tangent of the day. (laughs) I I just think that it's it's really refreshing to kind of see that level of coverage. as long as it doesn't go too far. But I think if the athletes are releasing their stories and they're making it, making a point to try to humanize all that's going on, then, you know, I think that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, in a lot of ways, it goes toward what um, really has been driving me lately is that, you know, you talk about these two guys that we're going to have on today. Okay. These guys are dreamers. Kamayu Johnson, you know, came from nowhere. Right. Mm-hmm. He was grabbed by Jan Auger, who was a superintendent in town. He was like walking along the golf course and, and and she grabbed this young man and she took him into the world of golf. And now the guy's playing professional golf. OK, right. dream big because you never yeah. know. You might get there. Yeah, right. That's a great. It is a great the other story. guy, Michael Strain. Right. PGA professional. Right. Now he's playing in the national championship. It was always his goal to do that. Well, he had a major hurdle to overcome that we're going to learn about in a little bit. And, you know, I think about where I've come from in just the last 18 months or so and what I've tried to build and all of the good things that are happening. Right. I mean, if you put your head down, right, it's okay to dream, but you got to put the work in, you know, and when you do, right. Like Tiger did, he put the, he put the work in on his leg and he got back to Augusta national, which is obviously a goal. They say it's the difference. That's the difference between a dream and a fantasy, which is what the dream is the one you can, make real the fantasies you can't acquire that yeah dream you you work to attain it exactly great point all right so when it comes to read the line right at the end of the day all the things that are happening there the tv show that we're doing with chantel right you know all the radio spots all of the all of the stories points bet everyone that's coming out of the woodwork and i had a great call with DraftKings last week you know what i mean folks if you're not checking this out i get it you may not be into golf betting, and that's fine. But one of the things that we're doing is that we're humanizing, or I'm humanizing, right, the entertainment aspect of betting and golf. Mm-hmm. And as a PGA professional, that's been my whole career. And I'm connecting people with the game in a way that you can do away from the golf course. And, you know, people come up to me all the time. They're like, oh, there's betting and stuff. I said, do you play golf? Yes. Do you gamble when you play golf? Well, sure, but that's different. Is it? <laughs> well, I, again, I mean, that's why you're the best. Why part. do you do it? Because it why makes you, it more interesting. Well, it just because, again, it could, I, 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 remember, I remember guys at the club that would bet just for a quarter and they never would pay right, each other. Right, but it's right. the thought that there's something there yes. that engages us to it. You're willing to put your money where your mouth is. And no, there's no doubt about it. And w- what's been fun about all of this is that people coming out in support of all that we're doing. Right. And they're really rallying behind the cause. So, hey, at the end of the day. Just the stories I write around these different 
golf tournaments for the that the men and women play for the LPGA and the PGA Tour, you don't have to pay anything. Just go subscribe yeah, for free. Have just, a look. Just go subscribe and check it out because you're going to get a level of coverage that's different than everything you hear on the Golf Channel or Golf Digest or whatever. They're always going to be telling you the same stories. It's going to be some, you know, regurgitated, um, redundant form of reporting, mm-hmm. right? And I have to come up and figure out a puzzle every week. So I have to look at the inside of what's going on and I have to take my 25 years of experience as a club professional. I have to come up with a story. And in doing that, we've engaged just a humongous audience and people people are joining right now as we talk about entertaining to you make it entertaining. Oh, God, that's the big part. That's that's a difference. You know this. I said this to you a long time ago when we first met each other. I said I said the first person I have to entertain is myself. (laughs) Right. If I can't do that, right, then I then I'll just to keep stop. other people's attention. No, exactly. I mean, because I mean, I'm like I'm like a flea on cocaine. My attention span is like three <laughs> seconds. I mean, which is so. tough for them when you think about it. You got to get really teeny straws. No doubt. No doubt. Speaking of which. All right. Our seventh ten- tangent of the day. Well, no, not yet. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> not the PSA. We got to go through the leaderboard report. All right. Looking at the clock. The uh, yeah. Well, there's always that, too. All right. I'll go through this quick. The ladies are out there in Hawaii. We mentioned that they did something super cool. I love when they do this. They started on a Wednesday and they're going through Saturday because they are, you know, way behind the East Coast time wise. They'll finish on Saturday night in prime time. Right now, Haiju Kim, she's uh, they've so they finished two rounds and they've had their cut. She shot 67, 67. She's 10 under uh, the, the afternoon wave. I watched it last night. Just got decimated by wind. It was really Oof. blowing in Hawaii. Oh, man. It wasn't pretty, but uh, the ladies are out there contesting it. They uh, they only have 32 players under par at the cut. You know, I wow. mean, they should have more and more under. Car- sure. Yeah. You know, it's it's <laughs> the cut was plus three. Uh, it's wow. just brutal. But we'll get to see the, the, the finish in primetime tonight and tomorrow night. And I mean, let's be honest, there's no more football anymore. And um, no, the USFL is kicking in this weekend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no football. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Really quick. RBC Heritage, Cam Young, local man from up there in Westchester County, Sleepy Hollow, his dad, David Young, is the pro there. Cam, 63, minus eight, round one. Joaquin Neiman, my one and done pick this week, uh, fired in a, a nice, smooth little minus 665. And he he's out there on the, he was out there on the golf course this morning, tearing it up some more. He looks pretty strong for the week. Uh, a couple of guys in the mix that I love is um, Shane Lowry, Patrick Cantley. Corey Connors, those guys five under yesterday, uh, 70 guys under par. So it was a little windy down there, but those guys are good. They get the job done. And you know who else gets the job done there? My friend, Mr. Wade Weezer. You can hit the button now. All right. <laughs> the New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Led by PGA professionals, programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. Quarter past three here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with the APGA superstar and latest winner, Kamayu Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. 
all NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. Bar, his name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Sean, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920. Now, we had a special guest lined up, Kamayu Johnson, but something came up during the break, so we'll see if he calls in a couple seconds. As for now, let's rock out this tune there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Got it. You take me It's a pretty cool song. The uh, combo here between, between Kygo and Imagine Dragons, right? Yeah, for and sure. Born to be yours, right? It's almost like me and you, man. Oh, hit it. Wasn't going to make that connection, but. <laughs> well, hey. You know, it was an interesting break. Welcome to live radio. All right, let's get into this. Let's get into this. We're in a world of great, uh, great. Uh, collaborations by the way and like we were young like you rarely saw like you know Bon Jovi never did a song with Motley Crue if you know what I'm saying just, nowadays everyone does a song with everybody it's they definitely awesome. did not they did not it is awesome you know I think that's how okay tangent number 19 of the day but it, tangent what, Friday what's interesting is that uh, when, when they start to compile because they just had the Grammys a couple weeks ago right yeah. and they start listing people and they're like oh Kanye West has like 107 Grammys but that's like because when like all these guys produce albums and everything, they win Grammys for people that are other yeah, artists, right, that are, right, right. and you don't think of them being a part of it. Um, it it's just it's very interesting. You're right about. The I saw that exact quote you were talking about. Too. I'm like, what? He has a, how many how many Grammys? Yeah, it's he's like number. He's in the top three all time. And then there's a list of the artists that never had a Grammy. Like it, it's like, oh, okay, wait, something's wrong. Here. Well. You know what? Uh, I, I'm not sure if, Ka, if Kamayo is going to join us there, Mr. Wade Weezer, this I'm afternoon. I'm staring at the hotline. Yeah, I know. I I'm know. Fo- I'm he, laser focused on it to see if it lights up. He texted me during the break that there was that something uh, and had come up mm-hmm. and he's going to try to get us. But uh, we will hold tight on that. But just a quick background on his story um, as we do hopefully get to him this afternoon. But uh, he won last week in Las Vegas. 
So when we're talking about the APGA Tour, a lot of good things are happening there with their schedule this year. And when you look at it, in 2021, they had 14 events and a purse of four, a combined purse for the entire year of $400,000. Well, in 2022, they keep climbing. They now have 18 events and a $700,000 total purse, which is great for them. And Kamayo is just a young star on that tour. He's got three career wins. Uh, this event in or this year alone here he's played three events he's got a t14 a fourth and a first so uh he's playing very well and it was kind of a crazy story out there in las vegas as i dug into this more and more and i watched what happened so it start it was a 36 hole tournament that started on monday mm-hmm. and they had to cancel the round on monday not in las vegas due to rain mind you right but they had like 70 mile an hour winds and and the golf course 70 miles an hour yeah and the golf course became like completely unplayable so it it unfortunately didn't happen so they pushed it back to tuesday and they made it an 18 hole event and he shot even par uh the winds weren't quite as bad Mm -hmm. but the weather was uh, you know talking to him earlier in the week the, the weather was still very challenging his even par so he goes out in 36 on the front Makes a couple birdies, makes a couple bogeys, comes in on the back and on the 15th hole, he makes an eagle from 133 yards out Wow! on a par five. Okay. Yeah, he hits the shot in the hole, two under par on that particular hole. He has two other bogeys on the back nine. He shoots even. He wins the tournament by two. I hope he gets to join us this afternoon, but if he doesn't, right, then, hey, there's his story, man. I mean, I love this guy, loved his energy. He's infectious last year. Um we talked to him during Masters Week. Yes. And a lot of good things are happening for him. Uh, he's playing some good golf, and I hope he continues to do so. And maybe we'll try to catch up with him in the next couple of weeks or two. Now, so there's something that I want to touch upon that I, that I alluded to in the first segment that we're going to get into here because we've got the time to do it. And we probably should expound upon this more than just a weekly update point. And that is we got to talk about Morgan Hoffman. All right. He's back on the PGA Tour for the first time since November 2019. And he's from nearby northern New Jersey. He's out there in our listenerhood, right? And he was asked why he was back at age 32. And the answer that he gave hits on all angles of a story that pulls at the heartstrings and introduces worlds of wellness and holistic health that are not the norm. Some players return to the Corn Ferry Tour or a former coach to, to kind of rediscover the secrets of their game. But no, Hoffman in 2018 spent time in Nepal and for most of the last two years has resided in Costa Rica with a drive for health as his main goal because he was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy in 2017. Now, this guy, number one amateur, mm-hmm. right? Number one ranked amateur in the world. Sure. Total stud, northern New Jersey, won everything around here, goes to Oklahoma State, great program. And in 2017, he gets he gets diagnosed, right? So he wanted answers and was told that nothing could be done. So he refused to accept that that was the case. So he started to explore worlds that were available to him as long as he kept what he said was an open mind. And let me tell you something. Did he ever keep an open mind? So he went to Nepal and that's where he went to cleanse himself. But the move to Costa Rica and with his wife, Chelsea, to live among the healers, unlock ways for him to treat his muscular dystrophy and to reassess so many other aspects of his world. So, I mean, and here's the thing. In round one yesterday, he shot even par. Right. It's been 921 days <laughs> since he's had a PGA Tour start. 921 days. Long time. Okay. The, his body is eating his muscles. Right. right and this right, guy right, right. That's has insane. figured, I mean... <laughs> 
the golf component of Hoffman's story is one of long odds, right? He's playing in the RBC Heritage on one of the, his three remaining starts of a medical extension. Wow. And he has to accumulate 238 FedEx Cup points in those three starts in order to maintain full status, which he held in What's his... What's the technical term of what he has? Oh, golly. Okay, you ready? Is it something you can even Google? Yes. Okay. Um, That's what I was trying to do, but I couldn't find anything. Fascio sculpt. I can't spell that. Scopular humeral muscular dystrophy. There's been side notes and uh, there was a great, great article by Daniel Rappaport in Golf Digest where he kind of chronicled all of these alternative forms of healing and everything yeah. that, that that he has sought out in his life. And he spent some time in Costa Rica. Well, he lives in Costa Rica now and he's, he's among the healers and he's going through all of this process. Well, I watched him play golf yesterday. He was in one of the featured groups and he shot even par. I mentioned that earlier. Yep. But it, it's unbelievable. It's one Unbe- of those like, life check stories <laughs> when you you know you, you bitching and playing because there's traffic on the way to work or whatever then you, you realize these guys dealing with this and he and he the, the the lengths he went to just to get himself not even normal but to, to deal to do this i mean it's like stuff. literally something out of a movie right, right? yeah yeah you know it, it's like we've seen that story told before where you know somebody's hard on their luck a man or a woman or whatever and then they go and they completely remove themselves from their lifestyle. And so he goes yep. to Nepal and he, and I mean, he, he was hitting golf shots yesterday that made me think back to when he was younger. You know, I've been around these areas for a long time and, you know, you saw him growing up and you're like, man, this kid can play and you'd see him in the Met open or you'd see him in some big event in the New Jersey, That's what he looked like. New Jersey state open. And, and it's just amazing to see this comeback. So it begs the question, right? So a couple of people texted me yesterday and they said, what's a bigger deal? Tiger coming back after his car accident after 400 yeah. days or this guy who literally his body is eating itself to death. Right. And he, he came back through non-traditional non, thank you. Non-traditional ways of which to try to handle his, this, this it's gotta be him. debilitating it's gotta be disease. His story. I mean, you know, Tiger, the doctors know what they're dealing with. They're, you know, they've seen this plenty of times before. Yeah. They know the course, just whether he's going to respond in in the time frame. This <laughs> you think about it going you, to Nepal. You think about it simply just a year ago. You know what I mean, and what Tiger went through, right? And then you look at last week, and everyone's like, "Oh, you know, like oh, the Tiger thing, the Tiger thing, or whatever, man." And and this story is front and center here at RBC Heritage Week, and you're like, "Man, I don't know." I mean, I, I got, I, I'm with you. I think I got to go with Morgan yeah, on this. Yeah, for sure. You know? and, so. and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay the, stories, the Tiger course. thing or whatever, but, you know, Tiger can heal. Right. right? Exactly. He's going to heal. This this is, yeah, his, his life on the golf course is whatever. Who knows? This is, yeah, this is, this is a bigger deal. It, <laughs> the odds are against more against him than Tiger. Yeah. And, and, you know, you talk about where they bring up, you know, and his chances to secure a card, right? Some would say they're insurmountable. Right. He's got right. three events to get these 200 plus points or whatever. Right. But look at the odds he's overcome already. Right. <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, I mean, when you consider what he's been through, I mean, PGA Tour card seems possible. He's even par yesterday. Um, he's got to, to shoot a couple under today in order to make the cut. But the way that he played golf yesterday, he obviously can't be sharp. Tiger showed that last week. You know, you take a year off, you take 900 days off, right? right? You're not going to be sharp. But this guy's been working on his... This is an unbelievable story. And we're going to continue to follow it. And because we love these types of um, just, just 
unreal ways that golf kind of touches our lives and, and, and in so many ways connects us with these um, just amazing athletes. And, you know, we talked a lot about having dreams and, you know, it's his dream to come back and to try, you know, I mean, talk about just not, I, I just can't get over the fact that he said, you know what? I'll, it's fine. <laughs> I'm dealing with it. You know what I mean? And like he he's taking this thing head on. It just to That's me perspective to me for all of us that are listening to this story. Hey, kudos. Think about Morgan Hoffman when you're having a tough day Please. and push yourself through. And you know what? You know that I just man. Oh, thank you for that story. Unbelievable. Keep tabs on Unbelievable. I just couldn't wait to the weekly update since we had the time to do it. But you know what, though? We have another guy that I can tell you're already nodding. He's on hold. So up next with a participant in the PGA Professional National Championship. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment. Mike Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. You know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And watch exclusively on ESPN+. Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to ReadTheLine.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's ReadTheLine.com. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. It's time to talk to a man with an amazing story. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Michael Strand is the general manager of the Dunwoody Country Club in Atlanta. But not this week. This week, his dream is about to become a reality. He'll be playing in the PGA Professional Championship. There's one thing I know. Once you hear his story, you'll be cheering for him just like me. Love that right there. A little Kansas from my man, Michael Strain. Michael Strain, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Keith. How about yourself? Oh, man. Any better, I'd be twins. I can't wait to talk to you because I'm excited. As a PGA professional, it's always our dream to get to that national championship, and you've done that. So I believe this is your first PGA professional championship, right? How does it feel? How do you feel right now to get there? You know, I... uh... (laughs) I'm not sure it's really sunk in yet. As you said, it is it is a goal of all of ours that play competitive golf. Uh, they're PGA members. It's sort of the prize that is not necessarily work-related but representative of your clubs that you belong to. But it's something that we've always aspired to. I've always aspired to it. I've come up short a couple times, so 
it's such an honor to be here and and I'm truly uh, really excited but I don't think it's clearly sunk in yet well I know you're going to handle the moment with tremendous aplomb but your story has a bunch of layers and I want to start with your role at the club tell everybody in my in my listenerhood here um, what you do and where you work sure absolutely I'm at Dunwoody Country Club which is in the uh, northern suburbs of Atlanta. I'm the general manager, COO, which is um, a, a position that oversees the entire club operation from golf and food and beverage, uh, agronomy, uh, tennis. We have a, a significant wellness program there at Dunwoody Country Club as well. And I report to the board of governors who reports ultimately to our membership. All right. So you're a Midwest guy and you've bounced around a little bit. How'd you end up down there in Atlanta? I have. Uh, this is this is an important area for us, for our family geographically. My my two beautiful kids, Madison and Mackenzie, are down here in this area as well. Previously, before here, I was at Ivanhoe Club in Chicago, which is in, in northern suburbs, Lake Forest, Libertyville area. I was in the same role, general manager, COO there for five years. And previous to that, I was at Detroit Golf Club in that same role, in that GM COO role. Uh, before that, I was a golf professional at several properties across the country. I uh, started out in Arizona at Ventana Canyon, worked my way back to the Midwest. Uh, a little bit of time in the Northeast up in your area. I was PGA general manager at a club called Hartfeld National in the Philly suburbs there and, and found my way to the Midwest and ultimately down here to the Southeast where I don't have as much uh, snow to worry about, um, a few more hurricanes, but, but, but I'll take that over the, over the winters up there. Oh, man, that's one kind of PGA pedigree you just rattled through there. So uh, it begs the question, you were a PGM student. Have you always wanted to be a golf professional? I did. I, I Well, I, I should say yes and no. I wasn't sure until my senior year in high school that I wanted to be a PGA professional. I grew up working at, at, at the course there in Chinook, Kansas, um, Rock Chalk. But um, <laughs> we, uh, um, we decided um, in that senior year of high school that I wanted to pursue it, I was working for a wonderful um, uh, PGA member by the name of Ryan Chapman at the time and who really educated me on the possibilities. He was one of the first PGM students to graduate back in the in the early 90s. Uh, and, um, and, and I thought this is something that I could truly make a career out of versus just a passion. And I always loved the game and I always loved being around the club and working in a golf shop environment. But I didn't quite understand that there was an entire career out there dedicated to this. And so I followed those dreams to Mississippi State University, graduated 2005. And, um, it, you know, we all have goals that we write on our walls and, 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 and our mirrors. And, and mine was to be a golf professional at a top 100 club hosting a tour event. And that was what I chased uh, all the way up into the Great Recession for our generation of 2007, 2008, 2009, when I um, became a general manager at that time. Now, you know what? It's one thing to have a full-time job. And to earn your way into the PGA Professional National Championship. But that's not the only hurdle that you had to overcome. And when I read your story, I was like, I have to talk to this guy as a preview for the PGA Professional Championship. I said, I've got to get Michael Strain on here because your story and what you've been through in order to earn your spot there is just unbelievable. I mean, we were talking about Morgan Hoffman in the last segment and what he's been through and then Tiger a week ago, right? And I mean, you are literally, and this isn't hyperbole, folks, you are literally right on that level with these people and these redemption stories coming back to the game. So take my listeners through your last couple years and and how you worked your way back to now playing in the national championship. Sure. Well, I appreciate that very much. I, I don't consider myself on the same level or, or anywhere close to Tiger Woods, but you know, it's a story of adversity. And for me, my challenge was cancer. 
And I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in the late, late fall of 2019. I had, um, was working at Ivan Oak club up in Chicago and I'd settled into a nice routine there and, and things were going well. The club was doing great. Um, I was enjoying my position, the team we had built. Um, and I started to, to really feel like something wasn't right for me and my body was acting differently and my health started to take a turn and was in quite a bit of pain after eating meals and so on and so forth. So the more that I researched and got into it, um, I learned you have to be an advocate for your own health um, because you're going to get just in, in some situations, you're going to get the bare minimum of, of health care. And, um, and the more serious I took it, the more I realized something was, was pretty big going on. I uh, ultimately ended up um, having a colonoscopy performed on me. And, and keep in mind, I was 37 at the time. So for me at that age, you know, colon cancer isn't even really on the horizon for for colonoscopies, for men's health uh, of, of my age. Um, Michael, let me jump in there just really quick for a second. You mentioned you didn't feel right, you know, just for people that are listening, right, that aren't even golfers, maybe even right. You know, like what do you like? I, I think there's an important point there. And, and I and sorry to interrupt, but like what didn't feel right that led you down that road? Because you bring up the fact that you're 37 and, you know, most of us, you know, we're not supposed to have colonoscopies until we like reach 50. So, I mean, um, I'm just curious what led you to go to do something and start to get tested. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that's why it's not on, like I, I mentioned, it's not really on our radar as 30 and 40 year old men. But for me, what my symptoms were, and they're going to be a little bit different for everybody. For me, my symptoms were I was having pain after eating a meal. So it didn't matter if it was a, a bagel for breakfast or a 32-ounce porterhouse for dinner. After every single meal that I completed, almost with, within clockwork, within 30 minutes, I was having a severe pain. And it almost felt crippling to the point of cast, passing a kidney stone or, or a gallstone. And, 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 and I would be on the floor uh, on hands and knees, and it would last about 10 minutes and it'd be over. Um, and, and you know that's not right but you're not really sure what it is. And I was, I was, um, I'd moved around so much that I didn't really have a significant series of doctors around me. So I would go to urgent care and they would provide me with some antibiotics and most likely think it was an, an, another issue. Um, and, and it wasn't until I, I demanded the colonoscopy because this just wasn't correct. Um, my, my, my daily timing of in ingestion was, was out of whack. But mainly for me, it was the pain. It was the pain after every single meal. And that just shouldn't happen. And that shouldn't be right. Wow. So I eventually went to that colonoscopy. And I woke up from the colonoscopy thinking I was going to go home and have a, a nice meal because I was pretty hungry. And I was in an ambulance on my way to Lake Forest Medical Center. Um, they, they informed me that I had um, a, a, about a three-inch tumor in my large intestine. They were going to need to remove that. It had broken through the wall of my intestine into my stomach lining, and then I needed emergency surgery to, to, to repair that. Now, they wouldn't say that it was cancer at that time because they've got to run a lot of tests on that, but they knew, and, and I knew. So uh, we were able to – that was over Thanksgiving of 2019. I spent uh, Thanksgiving in the hospital. I didn't get to enjoy the turkey and stuffing that, that everybody else did, but um, uh, recovered from that through – uh, December, the, the surgery I, I needed to recover from, and then ultimately started chemotherapy on January 6th of 2020. 
And I was um, the regimen for colon cancer is pretty standardized across across the um, the medical sphere. It's a program called Five uh, Fu and Full Fox, and some of your listeners may understand that or maybe have gone through that as well. And um, that is a six month chemotherapy regimen, and I began that first uh, of January of 2020. And uh, what makes it very interesting for anybody, unfortunately, that's been through cancer, been through chemotherapy during that time frame is what we'll all remember is that our world's changed on March 15th when the pandemic broke. And for for us in the chemotherapy world, that was a very scary time for us. Um, the, the, the purpose and the point of chemotherapy is to is to stop cells from dividing, stop cells from growing. And in, in a and a, and a downside of that is you lose your, your immunity. And so here we are in the middle of a raging pandemic from March, April, and May at a time where I and many others in the same situation had no immunity. So you want to talk about really being the boy in the bubble or the girl in the bubble. You, you have to be, you had to be very careful at that time. We didn't know what COVID was and we didn't really know what the implications were and what could happen. And so, you know, my, my loved ones are, are, are washing you know, the box of cereal from the grocery store. And, and it's just, it, it's a t- it takes a big team to, to get through that. But thankfully was uh, successfully completed that, uh, that, that regiment. And I've, I've been clear since that time. Um, I, I uh, continue to monitor this with my doctors. Um, there is a, a potential that it returns. I have um, been diagnosed with um, a genetic mutation which, which will put me as a susceptible person uh, to, to cancer of different kinds as I've progressed through my life. But um, I have a good team in place around me to, to keep me on track here. Well, you did an amazing job of telling that story. And folks, we have a very special guest this afternoon. Michael Strain is a PGA professional down outside of Atlanta, and he's playing in the national championship. And he just took us through uh, – a particular journey of overcoming cancer. And as I just mentioned, and now you're playing in the national, I, I think about this timeline, which you just went through the the story there. This is two years removed from washing cereal boxes. And you are now all of a sudden playing in the national championship. Um, at what point after your chemotherapy, did you start even playing golf again? Uh, well, you'll laugh at this, and, you, and, and your listeners will probably get a chuckle out of it. It was about six days. It was about six days after my final chemotherapy treatment. Uh, and, and the reason is I, I had set a date. So, so the Illinois PGA at the time had canceled all of our tournaments during COVID up until July 6th. And that was the first stroke play event we had at the Hawk in St. Charles. And everybody was looking forward to it. And I was looking forward to it. I was supposed to be done with chemotherapy uh, the 1st of June. That was going to give me about a month to recover. But unfortunately, between cycles nine and 10, I had a delay because my white blood count wasn't strong enough for them to give me the the, the next cycle. And so I was delayed three weeks, which put me closer to ending chemotherapy around July 2nd. And so uh, your, your listeners might know this, but the chemotherapy treatment for colon cancer is four hours in the chair at the hospital, and then you're hooked up to a motorized pump that gives you a different medicine for the next 48 hours. So on Wednesday is my unhooking day, where I go back to the hospital. They unhook me from my pump, and um, I teed it up on Monday at the Hawk the next uh, the next week. And granted, I knew I wasn't going to play well. I had no uh, <laughs> I had no feeling in my hands and feet from neuropathy. I could barely have the stamina to walk 
10 holes versus 18. But I, but I set that in my goal in my mind that that was going to be the time that I wasn't going to let this adversity define me. And I didn't care if I shot 80 or 180, I was going to play. And I did. And I had a great support system around me. And I, I started on number 10 and I birdied the first hole and I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be amazing. I, I, I'm actually going to be able to bounce back from this. Keith, I later on went, went to shoot 93 that day. Oh man. But you, but you shot matter. 93. I mean, but, I, but, I, <laughs> but yeah. you shot 93. I mean, all that you had been through. I think about this. I mean, I've been a PGA professional forever. And I think about the different cycles of thought and the roller coaster emotionally that you went through with your family and your health and just you personally and and the times of just sitting there through key. I mean, like and how the game, how much did the game of golf just itself motivate you to come back? I think it was. I think it was um, one of my primary drivers. You know, it, it going through what I did through has completely changed my perspective about the game of golf and the people that I share it with. And you know, versus being self a, a self not a self centered approach, but inwardly looking about this game and how it impacts me, I think now outwardly about how this game affects all of us and it unites us and it bonds us. And um, I, I'll never forget playing. Uh, in the Illinois Open, and it was kind of our first major back. It was, a, it was a few weeks after that event that I just talked about in July. And as I finished on the 18th hole and I walked off, I had five or six of my fellow golf professionals standing around the green waiting to welcome me back. Just, I was an Illinois PJ board member. They were so happy to see me be able to compete and play. And um, it, it, and again, that wasn't a very good round either. It had to take a few took a few months to get back into the swing of things, but it changed my entire perspective of why we do this. And, and, um, and I think it has provided a calming effect on me to this point in my life to be able to really trust in my abilities and let the nerves go to the wayside to where you can perform at your best. I put a lot of pressure on myself as a competitive golfer, and we all do, um, early on in my career when I had probably more talent than I have today but I didn't trust it. And now I trust it because my perspectives are different. And that round that we talked about that 93 that I shot at the Hawk in my first event, if I were to frame one round of golf, it wouldn't be a 63 that I shot in Indiana. It wouldn't be a 65 that I shot earlier this year at, at Dunwoody. It would literally be the 93. That's the scorecard that I would frame because that is the round of golf that has meant the most in my life. And it has nothing to do with how good of score it was. Man, what a powerful sentiment, you know, and uh, Michael Strain, PGA professional who's joining us this afternoon and playing in the PGA professional championship. I love a good story. I love to be a good storyteller. And I think about this, you know, a Cinderella story out of Kansas, right? I think you, you pronounced it Chinook, Kansas is where you're from, Chinook, right? That's okay. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to go through this real quickly. I think that if you trust it, Right. That Chinook, Kansas is about two hours from Tulsa, which just happens right. to be the town that's going to host the 104th PGA championship, which is going to be played at Southern Hills. I like to think that if you can get in that team of 20 out there at Barton Creek, that you'd have quite a fan base. And I mean, you'd have some sort of unbelievable story. I think you'd get a seat with Jim Nance or something. I mean, do, do you ever allow your brain? Uh, I know you have a big task at hand this week, but do you ever allow your brain to kind of, you know, bookend that story and think about what it would be like to get to Tulsa? 
You know, I um, I try not. I try to stay in the moment. I always try to stay in this moment right now that we're in today because um, life has taught me that I have no idea what's around the corner, and and that's okay. Good or bad, I'm going to be prepared for the for the challenge. But um, I, I I I was asked the other day what I thought my real chances are of, of being that top twenty, and I and I said, well, you know, I have I have one out of three hundred and twelve chances, just like everybody else in this field. Uh, now certainly. There are those who have um, um, an opportunity to play more, to practice more. They're closer to the game of golf than I am as a general manager. I'm not even sure how many general managers are in the field this week. Um, but but I would love the opportunity and to, to, to return to that part of the country to represent Dunwoody Country Club in, in the PGA Championship. And, and I feel confident that I have just as good a chance as anybody else in this field. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike, as part of your preparation – we're going to go through a little tradition here at the pro show and we're going to give you a little rapid fire Q and a, and this is going to set your mind for the task at hand for the 72 holes that you face this week to get in that top 20. So you up for this? Okay, let's do it. All right, here we go. Do you have any pets? Yes. What? Oh, name. a dog named Georgia, a golden doodle. All right. On a scale of one to 10 rate your cooking ability. Six and a half. You know, I, I, I had to ask because as a general manager, I don't know if you have to like jump in the kitchen from time to time. You know, you just just had to get an idea for the Dunwoody members. There. Yeah, they, they don't let me in the kitchen. I've always said if you if you let me in your kitchen, I'll think I can cook. So don't let me in your kitchen. <laughs> Favorite Kansas Jayhawk basketball player of all time. Oh, Greg Ostertag. Or Danny Manning, probably Danny Manning. All right. That's two good ones there. If you could be a character in any movie. Who would you be and in what movie? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Batman. Um, take your pick of anyone that have that have um, have played it because I have a reoccurring dream that I can fly. All right. Well, I tell you what, you make it to Tulsa, and they're gonna make a movie about you, and you could play yourself. Last person. Yeah, wouldn't it? Right. I mean, I love this story. I, I am totally behind it. I'm going to be cheering for you from from over here in New York. You'll hear it in Austin. There's no doubt about it. Last person to text you. My girlfriend. Best advice you were ever given. Oh, gosh. Just breathe. Do you have any hole in ones? I have three. Can't be a family member but somebody you'd like to have lunch with? Tiger Woods. Name a characteristic that most defines you. Patient. Michael Strain, we appreciate your patience with us this afternoon. I have truly, truly just loved your story, and I know my listeners do too. I can't thank you enough for taking the time during such a busy week. Have a great practice round tomorrow, and like I said, we will be cheering for you here from the Pro Show all four rounds, getting that top 20, my friend. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be here with you today and your listeners. Best of wishes. All right, as we roll quick here into 4 p.m., thanks for listening to ESPN 920. I'll be back to wrap up today's show with, of course, the weekly update. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it. 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent, 
and they're just sending him the checks. I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects Sticks and Hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even around the golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. One, two, three. Uh-huh. Welcome back to the Pro Show on ESPN 920. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, on this fabulous Friday afternoon. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. And you know I'll be busy this afternoon after the show posting this on all those podcast platforms. Say that three times fast. <laughs> all right. If you enjoy that kind of humor and a little bit more, check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, TikTok. You know what? You can find me at ReadTheLine. And, uh, of course, you can always go and read more about what I'm up to at ReadTheLine.com. And if you want to listen to the show and you're all over the country, well, heck, you know, hit us up at 920ESPNNewJersey.com and you got to hit that Listen Now button. And you know what we should listen to right now? This great song you chose, Wade Weezer. Turn it up. Just waiting for this storm to pass me by. And that's the sound of sunshine coming down. I don't know where you find these things, but it's a very Friday song. This is a very Friday, but but a sunny Friday. Yes, yes, sunny. You know, I mean, I think every Friday in February was like raining. Yeah, so well, this would not be appropriate whatsoever. No, this one, this one right here is definitely has me in a mood. We've to, had such a sobering show. I mean, yeah, perspective on life. You got to smile a little bit here, right? Yeah, I like I like what you did there for sure. And you know who else that I like what they did? That's our friends over there at TaylorMade. Right, they're killing it with this carbon wood. Now, the weather has finally caught up to us, and I got out there this week with my new stealth driver and new stealth three wood. Oh, baby, let me tell you something. Giddy up, all right? Because for the past forty years, golfers have inspired TaylorMade to make a lot of different drivers. But as we know, they all eventually reach their limit. Well, you know what? I'm extending past my limit. Really? In 2022, You're overextending? There's, I am. I am. You know, the carbon wood age is here, and Yours truly, the director of fun, is ha- is going to have even more fun in 2022 with my stealth driver. So you got to go check it out. And there's one place to do that. You know where that is, my friend, Mr. Wade Weezer. That is at TaylorMadeGolf.com. Oh, I love this first story. It's called Shark Tank. The Saudi-banked Rebel Golf Circuit is poised to reveal the marquee names who have signed up for the $225 million tour. Yes, Greg Norman, the two-time major champion who is chief executive of Live Golf, the entity overseeing the tour, told the Telegraph Sport that players, including a two-time major winner, have been in talks over joining. Hmm. Norman also claimed that the release of the controversial comments by Phil Mickelson concerning Saudi Arabia was part of a conspiracy to derail the venture. <laughs> it's always a conspiracy. All right. With all that's going on in the world. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. With all that's going on in the world, could Greg Norman be more detached than to claim <laughs> that 
that Live Golf Enterprises is being met with 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 a, a conspiracy. Unbelievable. All right. So the final details are still coming out, but the rumor is is that they got they have Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, and Kevin Na, and two-time major winner Bubba Watson. Hmm. Bubba was quick to post on social media that he was playing other tournaments than on the scheduled dates of theirs. But um, poor Greg, I, I, I mean, he, he. This is what he says. He goes, quite honestly, it doesn't matter who plays. So I guess you and I are up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter who plays. We're going to put the event on. He said, "There's a four million dollar first prize, and I hope the kid who's 350th in the world wins it. It'll change his life." his family's life and then a few of our events will go and the top players will see someone winning six million eight million and say enough's enough i know i can beat these guys week in and week out with my hands tied behind my back sure norman believes it will be a carrot too hard to resist said sources and the saudis are willing to to up the ante if it needs and lose close to two billion in the first three years well Mr. Wade Weezer, with Kevin Na, Lee Westwood leading the way, they better be ready to lose $2 billion. <laughs> All right, there's more on this to come. But if I, honestly, I mean, if he thinks these are marquee names, if I asked 100 people on the street who Bubba Watson was, they would turn on NASCAR. That's right. You or, know? Or they, they'd say, is he the shrimp guy from Forrest Gump? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <that's it. laughs> Bubba Shrimp. Oh, man. Oh, golly. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, shrimp shark. All right, yeah. <laughs> Sir Nick, Sir Nick can't keep a secret. As U.S. viewers were watching Cam Smith's important putt on the 13th hole on the second nine in the Masters on Sunday, Faldo decided to tempt the watching public. Something amazing just happened, said Faldo, and I don't want to spoil it. Kind of just did. <laughs> so it only, it only gets worse when co-commentator Jim Nance starts teasing us all with, "I know what it is." <laughs> I'm please, sure he's please don't use those words. <laughs> So then they cut to the clip of Rory holding out from a bunker on 18 to cap his stellar 64. And then Faldo makes it worse. He goes, as you can see for yourself, Nance wasn't wrong when he said anything is possible as the ball trickles into the hole. Right. They're like, ah, come on. Right. It's just a shame that the viewers could already guess what happened. So I got I got to give some credit to the guys from No Laying Up who posted this tweet like minutes after it happened. He says, I want to know how Faldo thought. I don't want to spoil it. Followed by something incredible has happened. Wouldn't be the only possible way that you could spoil it. We mentioned this in the in the first segment, right? Yes. Right, that the competition wasn't that tight on the second nine, and as the coverage team was left to entertain us, they certainly did. All right, let's hope that the drama down the stretch is better at the PGA, as I don't see the CBS uh, team improving anytime <laughs> soon. All right, one more here. Scotty Scheffler, he walked off the 18th green Sunday at Augusta National as a first-time Masters winner, but it's become a regular occurrence for his caddy, who is Ted Scott. So Ted Scott spent 15 years caddying for two-time Masters champion Bubba Watson, who has now been on the winning bag for three of the last 11 Masters. Mm. So after so long with Watson, how did Scott suddenly wind up looping for the current world number one? Well, Watson admittedly, after Sunday's final round at the Masters, that he dealt said he, that he dealt with a wrist injury through much of last year, which led him to call Scott this past fall and discuss what the future looked like for both of them. I said, look, my man, I'm 43 years old. I don't know what I'm going to do. Bubba said, my wrist is killing me. He is like, uh, you know, Ted needs more, like 10 more years. And so I gave him what I felt like was a nice retirement package when we split up and we both split up mutually. Okay. 
Well, I don't know what that retirement package was from Bubba, but if it was Scheffler's phone number, then it was a good one. <laughs> In 2022, assuming a 10% rake for caddies, Scott has earned around $1 million. That would put him at 72nd on the PGA Tour money list and 81 spots ahead of Bubba. And that's... <laughs> I get the hint. I get, that's the pro show update I'm for the weekending, April 15th, 2022. Thank you, Wade Weezer, for keeping me on time. Thanks, of course, to my listeners. Now, before I go, I got to thank my sponsors, Taylor May Golf and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. And, of course, I'm going to leave all of you with one brief thought about creating opportunities. Just remember one thing. You can get in where you fit in or you can make room. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.